I am Duncan MacLeod, born 400 years ago in the highlands of Scotland. I am immortal, and I am not alone. For centuries we have waited for the time of the gathering, when the stroke of a sword and the fall of a head will release the power of the quickening. In the end, there can be only one. This puppy's gonna walk. Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast oh. where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. That's a line in this episode. Yeah. All right. This puppy's gonna it's walk. Gonna, oh, I missed that one. Yeah. That I saw it. Richie, is, right? Richie. Yeah. Right? Do you mean? Do you mean this puppy? This puppy's gonna walk. Wow. Oh. New co-host. New co-host. Lola May. Lola Lick. He got get, in the get, mouth get there. Out, get out of get out of here, Lola. <laughs> Little in the mouth action. Oh yeah. Well, she she only kisses on the mouth. It's very European and or very like that cult Nixium. Yeah. Oh. Raniere. Yeah. Only kisses people on the lips. Yeah. As a greeting. Yeah. Delicious. Wow. Okay. So welcome uh, to uh, this very special bonus episode. Uh, our last episode was season six, episode twelve, to be. Ah, but today we are going back to the very beginning uh, and watching uh, The Gathering, season one, episode one. We thought it would be fun to kind of bring the, the the whole journey full circle uh, and uh, talk about the first episode. So I'm excited to do that. Are you guys excited? So excited. Oh, I can yeah. see it. I, I can see pumped. it. I can uh, see it. And uh, go ahead, Kyle. Oh, I'm pumped. And I went back and listened to our old episode on this. That was weird. Yeah, oh, we're going to talk all about weird. that too. Uh, so a few uh, housekeeping things at the top of the show. Uh, so besides uh, going through this episode, we're going to be talking about it kind of like one of our regular episode reviews, but we're also going to be kind of reminiscing about the podcast in general. And, uh, you know, what our takes from the very first episode all the way up to, you know, the finale have been. Uh, but also we wanted, and we're going to give some rules at the end of the episode uh, for rules, our... Rules, yeah, rules. that's right. We got to have those rules um, to enter into our kind of big celebratory uh series finale podcast um because we want to have the fans join us uh to talk about why you know highlander is so special but a big announcement at the top of the show uh it seems like a, a number of people have thought that our posts saying like hey join us for our series finale coverage uh meant our show is ending uh this podcast is not ending this podcast is still going going along we got a couple more uh highlander things to do uh so you know we got the end highlander endgame highlander the source we got the raven the animated series so there's still more highlander content to there's some to turn sweet out. juice out there to ring out of yep. this puppy that's Just... right so fear that's what you do to a puppy right you, yep. you ring it can you show us with the the little little one you got there i mean i'd like to sometimes because she is being very annoying all right actually i think i need to uh kick her out of this room okay I'll be right back. great <laughs> 
All right, Kyle's back without the dog. Our show is not canceled as some people thought it was. Uh, we're around for a bit more. Uh, also, who canceled? Who, no, like canceled implies someone does it to us. Like we've no been canceled, canceled our podcast. Yep, we've yeah. been canceled. Christopher Can't Lambert, he canceled us. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought if we were canceled stop. because of some very insensitive remarks Eamon had made. But, oh, well, well, that's true. <laughs> I do make insensitive remark. <laughs> so Amen is apologizing in the voice of Christopher Lambert. I like it. That's right. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys. Uh, who's in oh. this illustrious episode? That's true. I also have a thing about Lambert. So remember when he told us he was in Mortal Kombat 11 and we were like, no, he's not. Yeah, we were going to talk, yeah, we were we're gonna we're, talk we're, about it. <laughs> yeah, we were Let's very confused about that because uh, that was actually a little sclusy he delivered to us. Yeah. Little did we know. Well, he's he is in it because they just released character skins one of them is raiden from the movie with the with the lambert boys That's yeah right. people started dis- discovering it a few months ago by like mining unused assets in a latest like whatever the latest patch was at the time like they'll do that they'll have like content in there that's like inert Ooh. until you do certain things so i guess in whatever the last patch was people discovered that they were like Lambert audio files in it and i guess now it's live so yeah pretty crazy we were a very confusing thing he said to us did turn out to be true yep <laughs> oh boy all right well before so, we hop Kyle into this- saying inert sorry to interrupt just made me think of in dragon ball z when piccolo says the balls are inert <laughs> what does that mean yeah i thought i thought the same thing well, after you make a wish with the Dragon Balls, you can't use them for a period of time. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Then in the <laughs> dub, in the dub, a line they thought that would be good is him saying, the balls are inert. <laughs> so you can like go online and see a montage of him saying this for about an hour. Wow, that's but, fun. Also, no, inert, inert. What a great line for a kid's show. <laughs> inert. inert. Gotta expand that vocabulary, baby. Ah, uh, right. wow. All right. Well, since we are all still, uh, you know, uh, in lockdown quarantine, as it were, uh, you know, we're going to continue the tradition of just kind of giving a little recap uh, of what's been going on uh, to keep things kind of, I don't know, some sense of normalcy uh, to these troubling times. So, Eamon, what have you been up to this week? How's How are things going? Uh, things have been going swimmingly, I might say. Um, just like my little swimmers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, wow. Wow. They're not a nerd. Yeah, no, they're not a nerd. Not a nerd. They're not. Well, as far as I know, who knows? Um, I have a doctor's appointment. So, no. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, I've been watching. um, I caught up on The Mandalorian season two. Ooh, I think I'm two episodes behind. I think I'm one episode behind. You know, I gotta say, uh, uh, I like it a lot. I think it's overpraised a little bit, but I really like it. I just, it's a good thing to watch. It is good. It's fun. It's like episodic, but like lightly connected. Yeah. I I just really enjoy watching it. Yeah. I like Uh, the show has a good sense of like tone, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's by far, I think the best Star Wars property that Disney has put out by a a wide margin. And I love that theme song. and i have uh my girlfriend got me uh she's listening in the other room but she got me a uh star wars lego advent calendar because i'm you know a 35 year old man Uh, (laughs) 
so every day I've been putting together a little Lego Star Wars thing. That's and, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the the instructions are one picture, and they like have arrows and everything. And I feel like a moron <laughs> trying to put these Legos that like children put together, and it takes me like seventy five years. I mean, maybe that's a problem. Maybe your brain is too well formed, and you know, it's missing the forest for the trees. That's right. That's that's the reason. My brain is too <laughs> advanced. <laughs> but I got uh, your back. Yeah, thank you, Kyle. Uh, yeah. It's it's nice though. It's fun. Cool. That's so neat. That's, that's that's that baby. Good. Good. Have you been, Kyle? What have you been up to this week? Mostly working. It's been a long week, uh, but uh, things have been pretty okay i tend to think i don't know that anything's new though like other than just getting uh getting very busy uh somebody accidentally oh this is a fun story somebody accidentally filed something in a public pleading calling me full of shit because they accidentally published it with their own notes attached wow. to it wow so that's <laughs> so that's fun wow <laughs> that's a fun development over the last week or so so that's what, do you, the, what do you what do you do in that situation? Is there a penalty of some kind? Uh, I mean, or I'm do you sure, have to file like a formal like a form that says, "Sir, I am not full of shit." No, we we gently informed them <laughs> of the error that they had made, wow. and of course they were they were actually just dicks about it. But you know, they they withdrew it because uh, it was obviously a mistake. But it was very <laughs> fu- it was very funny. That's <laughs> like, good. Uh so wow. yeah, that's the most exciting thing that happened to me over the past week. That's fun. Did you get like a screenshot of it? That's the thing. I would like frame that, put it on my desk. <laughs> See, it's not like it's not super frameable because it's like in a PDF. You have to hover over something. Uh, uh, all right, I'm out. But, Never mind. But what? what it, but it's it's very embarrassing for whoever did this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, maybe I'm sure they didn't get fired, but. Mm-hmm. It's it seems like something that if someone got fired for it, no one would be shocked. Right. Wow, crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's the most exciting thing in my world. Very good. Very good. Uh but yeah. Keith, All what right. about you? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Not, not much has happened this week. I feel like I've just like not left my house in days, uh, mm. which sucks. Um, but no, I don't know. Oh, I, I did see one good movie and I'm like uh, late to the, the game or the party. Uh, have either of you seen Jojo Rabbit? No, um, not yet. Wow. Watch it. It is maybe the best movie I've seen this year. It's like it's, wow. it deserves all the praise it got and it's ridiculously good. And uh, Scarlett Johansson is fantastic in it. And the a uh, person who plays like the the little boy in it also crushes it like everybody's great in it it's uh hysterical and like will make you cry as well it's awesome wow yeah Taika Waititi yeah he keeps making uh great stuff yeah I've also been are... watching uh what uh what we do in the shadows the tv show oh is that good I it's, don't know it's so so good ridiculously good uh yeah it's the sort of show i know i'll go back and watch again in a couple like it'll it'll be a show i'll revisit a few more times so nice it's good well good. very good most excellent <laughs> i love now, that movie highlander that's right highlander so before we jump into this episode uh we've got to play the catalog game so let me get Ooh. it up uh yeah that's right uh that's... and we're gonna do this is gonna be a little different uh than our normal format so get ready uh-oh that's right I, I don't know if i'm ready honestly all right i'm gonna read this here we go 
Look what we have for you. <laughs> <laughs> the Highlander gifts with purchase. In each of our catalogs, we always try to find you a unique set of quality gifts that are not only worthy of boasting the proud Highlander name, but also truly reflect just how much we appreciate your purchases. <laughs> this time around, we've gathered together an eclectic mix of Highlander gear from an exceptionally versatile CD holder. Versatile? It holds mm -hmm. C uh, to a deceivingly elegant raincoat and to our now classic Highlander sport parka and duffel. Of course, each gift is built of only the finest materials and carries with it our long tradition of superior craftsmanship. Enjoy, and again, thanks for co your continuing support. So first up is the Highlander sport discman and CD holder. Uh, and then below that, we got the Highlander sport parka and sport duffel, a classic combination. Uh, and then finally, it's the Highlander Sport Quickening Coat. It's waterproof with all the elegance and sophistication of our classic Highlander long coats. Uh, the Highlander Sport Umbrella beats the rain season after season. So what we're going to be doing, uh, guys, is there's going to be two rounds. And instead of guessing what these cost, you have to guess how much you have to spend to get these things for free. <laughs> oh, Ooh. interesting. So first so up is going to be... Is it hmm? Go ahead. Oh, I think you're about to answer my question. Probably. Uh, the first up is the Sports Discman NCD holder. Uh, so they come as like a, you know, like a packet. Okay. I'm going to guess that you have to spend... Uh, so wait, do you actually get a Discman? Or is it uh, just no. a Discman NCD holder? Exactly. Yes, this is not a Discman. It just holds a Discman in it. All right. I'm it's incredibly guess versatile, apparently. Incredibly. I'm going to guess you have to spend $49.99 to get this baddie. All right. $49.99. Eamon, how much do you think? I'm going to say $99.99. $99.99. These are two solid Big, guesses. Very divergent guesses. So. You think this thing could hold DVDs? Yeah. How about a Blu-ray? Yeah. This, right. No, that, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> get, get out of my face with that nonsense. We'll just melt this CD holder. Yeah. <laughs> this versatile CD holder. That's Not right. that versatile. Uh, well, I have, I have uh, disappointing news for the both of you, sadly. You both lost. What? Ooh, what is it? Uh, the actual price you have to spend is $75 or uh, more. Ooh, right? It, that's like exactly in the middle, too. Yep. Yeah. So, Eamon, you, uh, the 20% above was $90. Oh, I didn't mention any of the rules at the top, but I guess everyone knows them or whatever at this point. So you have to guess uh, 20% or, or less. Uh, so anyway, yes, you have to spend $75. Uh, in today's money, that'll be $113 uh, wow. you'd have to spend to get a Highlander CD holder. Uh, but now it's time for uh, package a, a, two. An object that is now useless. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this uh, is for the parka and the, the, or the raincoat? Exactly. So there's two combos. So it's either the Highlander sport parka and the duffel. That's a package. You have your choice of either. Uh, or you get the Highlander long coat with the umbrella. Excuse me, Keith. It's the now classic Highlander Sport Parker. Uh, I'm so yeah. sorry. Now classic. And I, I like that they're like the deceivingly elegant raincoat. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know from a distance it looks like a piece of shit. Come <laughs> on, you've been, but you've been deceived. Yes. Take a closer look and yes. you'll see how elegant it is. Why, this coach is deceivingly elegant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my. Ooh. Ooh. All right, Eamon, why don't you go first? How much do you think you have to spend 
to get either the coat umbrella combo or the parka duffel combo. Well, I'm rattled now. Now I don't know what to what to do. I'm going to say a hundred and fifty dollars. All right. So just to be clear, you think that either of these combinations are worth only two discman holders? That's that's what I'm going with. <laughs> that's the that's the conversion. That's the conversion rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I I feel like it has to be way more than that. I don't know exactly what that number is, but I'm gonna guess that it has to be at least five discman holders, right? So I'm gonna guess you need to spend like three fifty. Wow, three hundred fifty dollars. Okay, well. Eamon, you're in luck. You win. Actual price is $150. No way. That conversion rate is insane. Yeah. Yeah, would you? Wow. Who would ever want to? You nailed it, too. RC Uh, Hall, baby. I fucking rocked this shit. (laughs) Well, just to put it in perspective, that sport coat, by the way, uh, is only $69.95. Is wow! It really? Right? What is it made of? Uh, it's just probably like cheap ass plastic. Oh, it's Nothing. waterproof, so it's probably like, uh, like a, a, a raincoat. It is a raincoat. It is a raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, why did why if you're wearing the raincoat, what do you need the umbrella for, huh? Because to protect your face. You uh, right. People do both. <laughs> protect. I I bet all of this stuff is super flammable. Like if you caught on fire, <laughs> it would all melt to your skin, even, even in the rain. Even in the rain, yeah. right? Very good. Well, uh, Amen. Good I'll job, Amen. I, yeah. even, I gave you some shit, you. but you're smarter <laughs> you than me. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, the the Lego skills have made my brain limber. That's, right. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, that is the catalog game. Well, uh, thank wow. you for playing. And Amen, you gain my respect, and uh, you get to give your opinion first at the uh, end of the episode. Ooh. Ooh, indeed. Right. Very good. All right. I'm so. Excited. <laughs> so why don't we get into the dates and deets of uh Highlander the Gathering? Um this is season one, episode one, production number 92102-1. How about that? I saw that I, written down from the original notes on this show. Wow. Yeah, which I, I don't know at what point you stopped listing the production numbers, but uh I think we're all better for it. Yeah, who cares? I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's some weird uh geez, we're already digging a hole. Uh I think I was reading them early on because a lot Mm. of the episodes were shot and aired in much different orders. Mm. So I think it was kind of just to call out that like, oh yeah, like even though this is the fourth episode we're watching, they maybe filmed it later than that and like reshuffled what they thought the episodes would be. So iPod shuffle. That's right. Yes. Do people still get those? No. (laughs) I I just, I have like a necklace of them. What? Like, you know how... uh... Like crazy Vietnam vets would have like a, a necklace of ears. I just have a <laughs> necklace of uh, iPod shuffles. Yeah, from all the victims that you killed and dismembered, you took their yep. iPod shuffles. <laughs> I'm the iPod shuffle killer. <laughs> <laughs> I just find suspecting outdated music people and kill them. Sure. Yeah, you were, I'm sure know. you were inspired by the Zune Slayer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The but, yikes well, all right uh so, the zune man <laughs> all right uh this episode first aired saturday october 3rd 1992 
Wow. It was directed by Thomas J. Wright. Uh, he did six episodes of Highlander the series. I'll run them down right now. It's The Gathering, mm-hmm. The Road Not Taken, Free Fall, Mountain Men, The Sea Witch, and See No Evil. Little sea theme there, huh? Ooh. It's called <laughs> The Sea Witch. Now, of course, the biggest thing and best thing we have to call out is he directed No Holds Barred, which everyone's just yes. safe. Uh, you know what? I actually rewatched that movie not too long ago. Holy shit, it's good. Is it? Yeah, no, it's been it's a while. Great. It's been a while. It holds up really well. I mean, it's terrible. It's been a while. Like, its terribleness holds up great. It's like. It's it be- dookie. Uh, it, it definitely belongs in like an upper echelon of bad movies. Like, it is not, very good. Whatever the tier below like Troll 2 and Samurai Cop and Miami Connection is, like whatever that next tier down is where there. it belongs. Too much sushi. Too much sushi. Yes. Mm-hmm. Too much indeed. Is that any reference to Hulk Hogan's sex tape? It is. Great. Well, mm-hmm. R.I.P. Gawker for that one, right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. That put them out of business. Thanks to what's his face? Richard Teal. Yikes. Ooh. What a piece of shit. Anyway. Oh, 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 boy. So Thomas J. Wright directed this episode. He's also done a ton of other TV work. Uh, 26 episodes of the show Millennium. You remember that show? Ooh. Uh, a few okay. episodes X-Files. He also did some Smallville, Firefly, nine episodes of One Tree, One Tree Hill, 10 episodes of Castle. Uh, and most recently, he's done a, a ton of episodes, 44 episodes of NCIS and 18 episodes of Super, Supernatural. Uh, wow. But also, he had some like... Pretty good uh, second unit director credits, too, which uh, on some big movies. He was the second unit director on Beverly Hills Cop, which was huge. Uh, wow. And also the second unit director on Howard the Duck, which I guess was kind of a huge deal, but a, was ter- a huge flop, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it was like a big production. Like, this is like, we're making this comic book movie with George mm-hmm. Lucas. And like, mm-hmm. I, don't I, I guess know. it's a, yeah, it's a real movie. It's a real movie, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I watched that movie during this this whole quarantine thing i bought it on dvd for five dollars wow how did it hold go? up i haven't seen that in a very long time it is a bad movie i don't know what i was expecting <laughs> it's bad okay yeah i mean yeah the reputation well deserved hmm. it did have some cool interesting effects though the, right. the monsters are cool how does the uh human duck sexual tension feel today Oh, still as palpable as that's ever. right. Is it still nice and steamy? It is, and you get to see duck duck breasts. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, All right, this episode was written by Dan <laughs> Gordon. This is his first of only two episodes. Um, he also did Innocent Man, uh, but most importantly, Ooh. he wrote Surf Ninjas. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, another yes. great movie. And is Dan Gordon, Kyle, you, you'll remember this more. Is he the one that has like a this these stories about like getting connected with the mob and like. So on how did this get made? They did like a oral history thing on surf ninjas. I'm sure it's still available somewhere online. Just just listen to the entire thing. This guy is the most insane human being. I'm sure most of what he's saying is bullshit. <laughs> hearing him say it is a wild ride. Like he talks about how he like runs away from the mob to go join the Israeli military and almost dies and like comes back and blackmails a doctor and like right it like is tied nuts. a doctor to a bed right yeah like wow completely insane like admits to multiple crimes you just gotta listen to it like he claims he made a bunch of commercial like did a bunch of movies that were actually just money laundering schemes hmm. 
it's and great. that was in Canada, right? I don't. I I think, or maybe, maybe. not. I thought that was in the United, the, the oh, okay. good old U.S. of A. baby, but wow. I could be wrong. Amazing. Is Surf Ninjas the one where a Game Gear features into the plot of the movie? Uh, I only know that based on you making that comment the first time we recorded yeah. this episode. Me too. <laughs> so maybe if Eamon five years ago was right, then yes. Mm. Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it is, although I can't remember now if... I know in, there's a Jackie Chan movie that also features a Game Gear, and there's not a cartridge in the Game Gear. So there's all these like scenes of the kid playing it, and there's no cartridge in it. How does that, that happen? Drives me insane. Just throw something in there, right? Just put anything in it. And then yeah. I think the same thing holds true for Surf Ninjas, but I could be wrong. Wow, weird. I could be wrong. Amazing. <laughs> Crazy. Mm. Um, but uh, Dan Gordon also, uh, I, I learned, wrote the story for the 1985 movie Gotcha. Does anyone remember this movie? I watched it with my dad when no. I was younger and always thought it was cool. No. Uh, but it's with gotcha. like Anthony Edwards from ER. Uh, mm. And he's like, it takes place on like a college campus and it's like a, a paintball game, like a, I don't oh, know, game kind, kind of tag, but it turns, it, it turns into a, a real game of espionage where they're not paintballs anymore. Ooh, Ooh. it was a fun, right. uh, it was a fun movie, I recall. Uh, but also more recently he did Rambo Last Blood. How about that? Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. Stallone. Yeah. All right. Last we got some guest stars blood. in this right. episode. Yeah. Last <laughs> blood. We got uh, Christopher Lambert. <laughs> oh my god that's that's it uh no it's uh i don't know it was great to see him in this episode and uh well Eamon, you mentioned that the big news with him is the mortal Kombat 11 uh which has mm-hmm. finally come out which is pretty cool uh and he does have a bunch of like upcoming movies i don't know anything about them uh i think Ooh. he has like five of them or maybe even more uh wow. they're called He's been busy yeah uh la source days of glory someone dies tonight shadow of the world save the last bullet dirty cash Ooh, dark my favorite dirty kind cash. of cash. Yeah. Uh, and Dark Room. Ooh, Dark Room. Dark Room. Dirty Cash. Is that like <laughs> Johnny Cash's like brother? Yeah. yeah. Dirty. dirty Cash. <laughs> dirty Cash. I store my Dirty Cash in my Dark Room. <laughs> yeah. Well, dirty Cash. That's, I've never heard that as a phrase. It's like dirty money. Mm. Have you ever heard anyone say like that? Dirty Cash. Dirty Cash. Right. Yeah, I was just saying, it I like was feels about- weird. I get it, but it's like, it's yeah, that's so food. funny. <laughs> when you said it, I was gonna say, yeah, of course, people say that all the time, but no, they don't. Mm. They say dirty money, not dirty, dirty cash. money, dirty cash. Yeah. And if you want to hear more with Christopher Lambert, listen back to our chronicle where we interview the man himself. Yes. How very generous with his time he was. That's right. Indeed. This episode also guest stars Richard Mall as Slan Quince, and of course, he was the bailiff in Night Court Bull. Uh, and so, and he was also, uh, Eamon, you'll, you'll, maybe you can recount uh, many of his voice roles or some of them. I don't know. Ooh. There's one big one. It's the thing I, I associate with him a lot. Is it Two-Face? Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. Two-Face. Two-Face. Great. Batman animated series. That's, That's right. Power. He's very good in that. Two-Face part Two-Face and Two-Face part One-Face. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and also, um, as part of kind of our roundup of like who's involved in the show, I did want to mention because I don't think we ever mentioned it uh, early on um, that like Bob Anderson from Star Wars is the Swordmaster, but so is Peter Diamond, um, and both Peter of them worked. Diamond. That's right. Both of them worked on the original Highlander, and Peter Diamond uh, plays Fazil uh, in the uh, parking lot scene when he's flipping around and all that stuff. So, oh, cool. Uh, that's, so that's pretty that's cool. Pretty connection. Cool. Yeah, yeah, isn't that cool? So I think he's the one doing a lot of the stunts uh, in this, uh, not Bob Anderson, but I think that's pretty cool. 
That is cool. Nice. Like All right. And so we've got an IMDb episode description. I'm going to read a different one than I read on our very first podcast. So this will be fun. Ooh, <laughs> Here we go. Get ready. I'm excited. Duncan McLeod, an immortal who lives quietly with his girlfriend, Tessa, will have to deal with a young man who tries to steal his antique store <laughs> and an evil rival immortal who wants to take who his- tries to do what? <laughs> what was that? It, who tries to steal his antique store. Steal the whole steal thing. The whole thing. Store. That's amazing. Like a cartoon. He pulls up a big truck and just like- Puts, puts the, the whole store thing in there. onto it. Right. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. good shit right there. Anyway. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, uh, and an evil uh, evil rival immortal who wants to take his head, forcing him to return to the game. So there we go. Right, that wasn't that bad except for that one thing. No, I, I love that though. <laughs> that one thing's pretty good. Ugh, All right, how do we start off the episode? Oh, so, you know how. How? I want to hear it. <laughs> Just naked nakedness. Okay. Yeah in the bone zone which like honestly this decreases as the show goes on mm -hmm. but they really set a tone here with uh tess and mac going at it from jump a lot of nudity uh yeah i don't know so let, let's talk about like how do we feel about like well i'm glad this goes away from the show uh is because it, you're like, such a prude yeah that's it no but it's like it's just so unnecessary and it's just like and obviously it's like this whole show is very like male gazy uh this episode like we're just like watching Tessa shower later and stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But I guess like, is this all just like a marketing ploy? I mean, like, is that really just the idea is that like they're, men will see nudity or whoever, you know, and they're going to be like, I need to watch more of this so I can see more nudity. And along the way, they like the story and just kind of get hooked. Is that the, the gist, I guess? Well, it's definitely like an action movie trope from this time. Yeah. Uh, That's true. Like all all action movies in this era like have a boob shot in them mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. something so i don't know i i guess like it's hard to it's hard to single this out in a certain yeah. way but then you like, also it's peers of the time yeah you also have those sure. like the, the glistening mac body oh yeah so there's this like something, something for it's, everyone it's true oh, it's all kinds of gazy mm. yeah all right so what happens here who's sneaking around Richie, Ryan, Stan Kirsch, the That's man right. himself. Yeah, and he's like doing a whole, he's doing his whole routine as he breaks into this thing. Like, I thought burglars were normally quiet. Not so <laughs> with Richie Ryan. Yeah. He, he's got a, he's got an inner monologue that demands to come out. He also gonna... doesn't, I don't think I noticed before, he breaks in like the front window. Right, mm -hmm. like it's just like the front of the building, not like the that's side. That's the front of the building. I think. Well, that's the the window they replace, isn't it? Later, or maybe someone else smashes no, the, through that. That's the slam. The oh, slam. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, I uh, thought he was like creeping in the fire escape. Okay, well then that's good. I did like There's we get to see the T bird here when he sneaks in. I was like, oh, it's like you you get to see a lot of the set in this show, which is pretty cool. But yeah, hmm. but and he's got like a weird bandana and. His face is a little a little chubby. He's a little, little <laughs> got some baby fat. <laughs> Cute little Richie. That's right. Aww, Everything Richie. must go, right? That's right. All right. So and, uh, yeah, he's also like playing with the things he's stealing. Like, right, which is pretty <laughs> that's, funny. Which is nuts, but yeah. Which I think they just do that to set up that Duncan thinks he's an immortal. But I'm right. like, I, I actually I like the way that 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 pans out in this. Like yeah. I, I like the kind of misdirect here of like, mm -hmm. oh, you're not who I thought you were, and then like, oh, there is a villain. Ah, yeah, 
No, that's but, that works well, I think. Yeah. But like Duncan gets the buzz and he's like, I I feel something. <laughs> and Tess is like, I hope so. Boing. <laughs> and he's like maybe that's she's just like, actually, no, my vagina's really deformed. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, but anyway, Mac uh decides he's gonna go suit up in his jeans uniform to go <laughs> right. to go fight. Uh yeah. Here, here's a, well, no, go on, go on, go on. He's like glistening, like they oil him up. Oh yeah. Mm. Also, did anyone like notice what Richie is stealing? Like he has a sack, and it's like it's all full of like silver, like mm -hmm. bowls and plates. It's like, why did you pick such large things? Such loud, like they're like mm -hmm. it's like filling a sack of bells, and like yeah. like let me sneak around. Well, it makes sense if he's stealing things that are made of like silver and gold because you can probably get a pretty good rate on those. That right? is true. It's just like silver and gold. I have to imagine like the, the fence, mm -hmm. the fence rate on stolen antiques is pretty bad. I'd have to guess. Yeah. Right. Because he can he can melt that shit down, or somebody can. Right. Yeah. How do so, you melt down silver? What do you mean how? <laughs> like with heat. Yeah, I know that, but like, <laughs> is there a special like tool or oven or something? Yeah, like they heat it up and like, I'm pretty sure the metal, like the different component parts of it, like break down at different temperatures and you can separate them out. Hmm. A forge, I guess they'd be called a forge, right? Ooh, forge, my favorite X-Men character. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about right. Jordy? Ooh, Jordy LaForge? Mm -hmm. of the, Jordy of the forge? Yeah. That's right. Favorite. Second favorite Forge-related character. I love Jordy. Jordy is actually really good. I love Jordy. He's great. I love him. Yeah, he's, he's a Starship Enterprise. 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 Whenever he's trying to get a date, he's enter-trying. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, okay. so who shows up? It turns out Richie's not. Uh, you know, not an immortal. Not an immortal. Not here for Duncan, who comes through the the ceiling. Slan. Slan, Slan baby. It's <laughs> mankind. Mankind. Wow. Mick Foley himself comes down. Mm -hmm. I like this entrance. I mean, I think this is cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, it is cool. Yeah. I was like, I was kind of into this. I mean, it's nuts. It's very Everything Batman, about this episode is nuts, but yeah. I'm like a little bit into it. My yeah. my least favorite thing that happens here is like it's I like all this setup, and then when he crashes through the window, like there's no music. Did anyone notice that? Oh. And I feel like it, like it just feels really awkward, and it's like, and it feels cheesy, and it's like I wish there was some score under this to like amp up the the tension, or I don't know. It's weird. Pump up the jams. Yeah, pump up the jams. Pump up the jams. <laughs> but this is like every. This is like everybody bursts through the door. Then it's like, crazy. Connor shows up and he's like, ah, it's my turn, baby. Yeah, it really is like the gang is all here. <laughs> yeah. Right, right away. So, you know, I, one thing I'm curious about just in terms of how we should talk about this uh, is just about, you know, how to separate what we talked about before from what we talked about now. We had sure. a lot to say about like the arrival of Connor and like what that means for the show and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm trying to think now that we've actually like seen a bunch of the movies and like thought about it more in that context, does our opinion on the arrival of Connor change at all? Um, I think so. I mean, it just seems to be a little bit of a different character. Like when he says like, I'm out headhunting, I'm just like, what? Like, what are you doing? And like, you don't like, I think we also questioned 
early on when we were recording the podcast, like the first and second season, like, where is this? Like we jokingly would talk about because I don't know. in like the next episode or the second episode after this, like they're down South or something, right? Like we're like, where does this place exist? Is it New York? Is that why Connor's there? Uh, but eventually the show kind of reveals it's a fictional city in the Pacific Northwest. So, right. yeah, I don't know why Connor's here. It doesn't seem right, but I, I like his performance in it. Yeah. yeah. And I think having now seen pretty much all the movies again, uh, it feels less awkward. Like when, when we talked about this the first time, we were basically like, you've seen Highlander 1, then you see this. Right. Now zooming out and seeing kind of the direction Connor ultimately goes in, this feels a bit more natural. Hmm. Like, I still don't know that like, even in like Highlander 3, he feels like, ah, I'm out headhunting. Right. Like, that still doesn't yeah. quite feel like his character, but it's close enough. Like, it's closer, certainly. Sure. I have a question After for you. Oh, good. Uh, speaking of like how we kind of talked about this episode, uh, our first go round five years ago, uh, you, I remember Kyle, you really dug the notion that like when Duncan enters the room, he's like, I am Duncan McLeod of the clan McLeod. And I'm like slam Quince. And like, I have a nickname, like I'm slam the cat. And like, everybody had these like monikers. Some oftentimes they were associated with like the place you were from or whatever. Like, do you still wish the show did more of that? Uh, or you find that it dropped away or. No, I like it. Yeah. Honestly, I like the I like the concept that it's like ritualized and it's a announcement. Like it's part of like throwing a gauntlet. Like I am so and so of this. I am such and such of this. And like, even though it's never really explained, I like the notion that they might know about each other based on those monikers. Right. Like, there's no neat or convenient plot way to make that happen but the show always treats it that way it's like ah the highlander right right like they always treat you as though you have this information so like why not have the people the reason the information is out there is because when they get into these fights they like announce this shit like that's how the information spreads and i like it i don't know it's like a little bit silly but i think it's cool yeah frankly like and i'm willing to to go with it for that reason only <laughs> Cool. It's interesting later, like when the Watchers become characters, because Duncan just kind of is like, now I have to go to the Watchers for this info. And it's less like kind of a like weird, mysterious, known thing. Right. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, because I guess without the Watchers, they need to get the information out some way about the characters. So maybe this is their way of doing it. Uh, huh. Right. How about that? Yeah, I still like it. Yeah, so okay. there's a little there's a little fight here for a bit. Uh, so Connor steps in, he fights Slan because uh, there's no two against one. They they declare that rule, so that's good. We're they're a building finger wagging, a little finger wagging, right? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Slan uh, ends up bailing. He leaves. Connor for like the in. first of six times in this episode. Yes. Slan runs yeah. away, uh, and then Richie's like, "I'm out of here." Everybody leaves. They all leave through the window, which is very funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There we go. That's our setup. Yeah. So one thing I am struck by uh, it, when, when re-listening to our old episodes is how quickly we move through this stuff. I don't know wow. how long we've been recording so far. Longer but, than that episode, I think. Uh, we, I don't know what happened, but at some point our episodes like tripled in length. 
because we even say like this is going to be a long episode it's still and, sub it's still less than an hour yeah with a bunch of like introductory bullshit yeah and like us clearly not knowing what we want the show to be but like after this our episodes get down to like a tight 35 or 30 minutes yeah so like what happened i don't know i don't know, I don't know. But, i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah i hope this is not a bad change but uh well i think in part episodes started getting longer for us when we started getting to like the moral territory i think we kind of just pushed through uh a lot of the episodes uh and we're just like yeah the plot moves along um but then i think we started to appreciate like the weird granule like humor in little bits but i don't know i i think we started live very much living moment to moment at a certain point right like at some point we started to be like let's talk about this face that duncan makes right. yeah. <laughs> like, i don't think that was part of our initial no it understanding wasn't. of the show no Hopefully people think that's funny i don't know i don't know <laughs> we're doing it so. i think they do but the interesting thing keith you went back and edited down our first episode yeah do you remember how long it was before you did that oh good question uh i could check i can't check on this computer but uh yeah i'm sure it was a little bit longer um but yeah I, I trimmed it up and tried to tighten it also it's weird like listening to that episode i remember i listened to it a couple years ago and was like wow this isn't good like we're better now and mm -hmm. i listened to it yesterday and i was like this was fun to listen to i had a good time so yeah i, I had know. a good time with it it does feel different than our current content but i yeah. think it's i think it works so good we on all... us five years ago i'm sure that's why people came to listen yeah. for us to suck our own dicks about this a little bit but... mm -hmm. yeah let's all jerk each other off but i do <laughs> we do all sound like chaste or innocent or something we do, do. do you know what i mean like we're it's like sheepish or something almost uh chaste chaste we were little angels back then five that's years right. ago and now the dark side of show business has crept into our lives like that three surf ninjas guy that's right <laughs> all right so uh after they all leave we now cut uh to the police station which is just called the metropolitan police or whatever which is pretty good uh so richie is in there sporting the green jacket this is merch that i really wish was in the catalog yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would. This is so much better than the fucking sport parka. They just us. <laughs> yeah, way better. Yep. Uh, but we get our first cop. You never That's forget right. your first. Powell, baby. Yeah. Detective Powell. I he, was surprised by how little I missed him. Yeah. <laughs> he is not very good. <laughs> yeah, like well, you know, I guess I like him compared to some. Of he the really police presences yeah. that we've been saddled with. But yeah. Like, I do not I do not miss this at all. I'm glad this went away. Oh yeah. The Please entire cop element, I'm so glad it went away. But yeah. It's and also weird because oh good go. I just don't understand why if they wanted this and there's so many cops that they must have, why mm. they didn't make it a real character. Yeah. Yeah. Who's permanent. Like if you Oh, we talked about that, didn't we? I remember at some point in the season season one, we talked about like the money aspect. Like if they made him a season regular, it might cost more. So they like Rogue maybe like, could it really cost that much more i don't know i don't know <laughs> or did they just not know what they were doing don't know also but it's, it's kind of weird that oh good but then that gave us Mr. Dudes with <laughs> yeah. his face. so good uh it's also kind of weird that pal is like kind of a friendly cop like i would like the, the cop presence in 
the original Highlander movie, like it's very, uh, I don't know. Antagonist. Exactly. Uh, like we don't want them to find out what Max deal is. And in this, like, he's like, Oh, this is stupid kid. Like he said, he saw a bunch of crazy shit. I don't believe him either. And it's like, why did they have him not believe him? Like wouldn't it have been more exciting to have him say like, wait a minute, is there something up with this? And like, ah, now we have mm. a, a story arc built in. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Oh, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Break okay. <laughs> it. It is weird. What but... makes, I mean, what you're saying makes a lot of sense because it's like, it's like they were deliberately not trying, like they wanted this thing to be in common with the movie. Right. Where like, oh, there's a cop. What's going to happen? But they didn't want to like just redo it. So yeah. 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 It's strange. Yeah. Did the cops show up to the antique store because like Slan tripped the old? alarm by breaking out of the window is that what we're supposed to think that must be i was wondering that too i was like why are there sirens like who is like who's responding to this thing or why are they responding yeah Yeah. huh that makes a lot of sense that he would have a whatchamacallit though yeah alarm system for his very expensive (laughs) antiques Uh, and then the show gets rapey again uh i also not to pat ourselves on the back too much but we talk about that in the first episode and i was surprised we talked about it uh and i think it's worth it the comment on uh, Richie no. getting passed around. Passed and, uh... around, like, I don't know. Uh, so from the beginning, we've always talked about some of the, the rough spots in Highlander. And that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad we did that from the beginning. So Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a it's, thing that's it's gross. unfortunate yeah. about this show. It is. Yeah. Like, we all wish we're different. But all it's right, not, so, so. L- we'll move along. So Matt goes into this, like, break room or whatever it is where Richie is. Uh, and he convinces him, like, you're not going to say shit or I'll press charges. Uh, and he like has a scary face. He's got the I don't know. He's like, he's like really stern. Yeah, I'm, like I'm a scary yeah. guy. Yeah, uh, and yeah, Mac in the first season is so different than the Mac we see later. Like he is so stoic, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. They they make him way more fun eventually, but just it takes a minute though. Yeah. Yeah, it it's weird. A minute. And Richie's like kind of vamping, like just nervously talking, right? Like a lot. So after this, we cut to Max Place uh, later that night, and we are, we're treated to more gratuitous nudity through some glass uh, bricks or whatever they're called. There we go. That's yeah. the but uh, Who Wants to Live Forever plays the instrumental version. Uh, and how about we listen to this uh, clip? This is like, I think, uh, a cornerstone of the Highlander franchise. Ooh, I know what clip you're going to play. You played it last time. That's right. That's right. Clippy. That's right. Just Clippy. Clippy. Clippy, my favorite mascot. What's the the mascot for? He helps you if you're having trouble on your... uh, Like with a resume? Yeah, he's the one like, are you writing a ransom note? You should ask Mm -hmm. for more money. Yeah. Here we go. From now on... Every year you look at me and see someone who looks older and older than you, while you stay the same. And it'll just be a matter of time until you want someone else. Or maybe I will. Oh, or maybe I will. This disappears from the rest of the series. Yeah, you're kind of right. Like, well, obviously Tess gets uh killed (laughs) yeah do they ever have a meaningful interaction about this again like the the part of this that will come back is her being like 
is this tension about her being in danger right like that will come back but not just like this attrition aspect that like she's gonna get old and what does that mean for their relationship that kind of goes that i think you're right i don't i don't know that that ever comes back yes kind of like the big theme of the the movie the first movie um and i think that that kind of makes the movie like a little more compelling sure yeah well that's like the emotional core of the whole thing and that's like that's supposed to be the the explanation right Mm -hmm. for for why connor is the way he is it's supposed to be that right Whereas with Duncan, I think eventually the story turns to be like he's tired of all the all the constant bloodshed and the, the toll that that takes on him. Uh, right. Another interesting angle for this kind of story. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a good little. This this whole sequence felt really long though. Like, it is long, right? It's like good. her leaving the shower and like yeah. walking around, like drying her hair. Like it's like let's move the the pacing just feels uh, i guess almost more like a movie in some ways uh, which is interesting duncan seems really like smarmy or like (laughs) he's like oh i got you this gift Mm, napoleon i don't know he he seems a little full of himself to me which i don't know maybe that confidence is attractive i don't know Uh, (laughs) oh yeah amazing uh, something about it I was curious uh, when I was watching this, because this does seem like such a central s- scene to the show and to the franchise. Like, I wonder if the scene was written first or something. Because mm-hmm. uh, I also think it's pretty well written, the the scene. Like, it's like, yeah. I get what they're going for. Uh, mm-hmm. And it accomplishes a lot of kind of what the, the original movie does. Like, I mean, even the wine reference, uh, while it mm-hmm. might seem a little smarmy, like that he's like full of himself. Like, it does have a lot of those little touch points that the movie has. Like, oh, like we're romantic about like this old piece of history. And like, I don't know. It's good. Yeah. 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 I'm into it. (laughs) All right. So uh, next, I'd like to play this clip. We cut to the next morning and there are glass repairmen there. And we've often... This feels like classic us content, right? Exactly. But we didn't talk about this, I don't think, on the first podcast. So now we have it. I know what you're going to do. Uh-huh. All right. So this is fucking great. Unpaid goddamn extras uncut gems i still haven't seen that that movie oh it's great yes see it (laughs) very good Mm. oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad that we all noticed that (laughs) yeah it it just like Like, let out as something like i knew that us in 2018 would spend five minutes talking about, but we just, yeah. Do you think that was a? Do you think that was an improv? And the director was like, "Yeah, yeah. okay." So, no, I bet that was a note. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I bet they're like, "You got to do something to let us know that this was what yeah. you intended." Mm. Ah, Everything is worked out. Looks good. Good stencil, baby. <laughs> uh, so waiting outside. Who's here? Slan. Slan, baby. Just waiting out in the car. That's As right. Tessa wears her famous Turok Dinosaur Hunter. <laughs> yep, costume. I was glad to see that again. Yeah. That, oh, that's a treat right there. Like, how, how does this shirt go in the wash? Like, it like <laughs> clunks around. Like, it's like when you put sneakers in the wash and it's like. Oh, that's the worst, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the loudest sound ever. 
clearly yeah. the rep like the uh raptor bones that make yeah. up this cage are dry clean only so <laughs> it probably doesn't come up. uh one thing i thought was cool was uh slans well slans car is pretty cool uh and yeah. it's i think on the first podcast damon you pointed out how noticeable it is like he's mm -hmm. so conspicuous uh the way yeah. he dresses the car he drives yeah. um i do wonder if it was a conscious choice uh to give everybody like a classic car like connor drives a classic car mac does uh and mm -hmm. so does slan like i wonder if they were thinking like oh all immortals would have like vintage cars uh which is kind of cool and like i don't know i think that like notion of like antiquity is part of their lives in a bunch of different ways for immortals uh i don't know i thought it was kind of neat what if one Maybe. has like a, a horse and carriage <laughs> that's right yeah they never gave rides. it up the penny farthing uh, so Connor pulls up, he sees Slan spying on Tess. I guess Slan sees him and he goes, Ciao, Ciao baby. baby, and takes off. And that's the scene. Uh, so inside <laughs> the uh, studio, uh, we get the buzz. And it's this is a different sort of buzz than the buzz we see later. It's kind of like an ah. It's like the HBO opening, right? Oh. Yeah. Um, so Matt comes in, Tess is working in her studio and it's just Connor there to visit. Uh, and so he introduces him to Tess as a friend from the old neighborhood. And then we get this montage that's kind of out of nowhere uh, because it's really supposed to be later in the episode, but we get it now. Yeah. Well, that explains why it's out of nowhere. That's right. We cut to the dirt warehouse and they're having a great time. I still love it yeah, though. So this is actually, this is the best, uh, these are the best action beats in the episode by a wide margin. And it's like, it's just kind of hilarious. It's like the, between pirate Duncan and rumpled Connor, this feels like, this feels like the thesis statement of what they were going for. Right. Yeah. It's like fancy Duncan versus piece of shit Connor. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. It's very funny to me in some ways, just the contrast they set up with this. Yeah. There's one line here that uh, I feel like we should call out. Duncan says, it's my job to like protect Tessa. And mm -hmm. I was just like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is gross. Like, how about, like, what does it matter who protects her? Like, how about just protect Tessa? Because that would be good. We don't want to see her murdered. Like, I don't know. It's like, it turns into some like weird toxic masculinity dick measuring contest. Like, oh, I, it's my job to protect her. Like, stay out of my oh, way. It's like, how about like... we both hang out and make sure she stays safe, right? Like, oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like, Sorry, I just so don't understand. The, 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 the thing that's objectionable is is him saying it's not your job to do this it's my job to do exactly this. right and it's not just like me. gotcha okay right. i agree with that yeah I, I just don't understand why he's like he's really upset that connor's like putting put, sticking his nose into this and it's like who cares like the more the merrier right like, yeah there's a literal there, there's a, a psychopath running around yeah who, who calls himself a cat and <laughs> wants to murder my girlfriend like yeah you can hang around and be friends and wears like a Hannibal Lecter face mask. <laughs> right. Uh, so we cut to Mac's kitchen and Connor is in there chopping up some like herbs and shit. Uh, what is, is he doing? It looks like he has a two, a two, is that an herb chopper? It is like an herb chopper. You can use it for garlic and it's just, I forget what their like official name is. Oh shit. Uh, but it's just like a little rocking knife and it's it's curved that's, like that. That's so what just I go focused back and forth. on this viewing. I was like, what <laughs> is that? What is he yeah. doing? I like I like those funny acting like Right, you gotta do something during the scene, yeah. right? Yeah, I gotta fiddle. Let me fidget. Um fidget. I do wanna say something here. Like 
I think I really took for granted a lot of the design elements, especially in this first episode. Oh, uh, interesting. I I think this entire space is really, really well designed. I think it's cool. Uh, it's so different than the loft, which is an awesome space, but like the loft has such a different feel. Like it feels more natural. It's obviously like one big room. So mm -hmm. like everything has some sort of cohesiveness because it kind of has to. It would look insane if it was so different. Uh, and it's like the, the loft is much warmer. It's bricks uh, where this feels like more modern, but like we get to see a ton of stuff in this space. Like we see, I think I have it written down. Uh, or maybe I don't have it yet, but like we see the antique store, we see her metal shop, we see the kitchen, we see the office later, uh, which has like weird marble walls. Uh, and then we see like when she takes that shower, I was like, where is this? Like, is this a living room upstairs maybe? Uh, I have no idea, but like, I felt like we got a, a good view of like what this entire space is. And it's really big. Uh, and I don't mm -hmm. think they use all, like I don't remember them really coming back to the kitchen much, do they? Maybe in Family know. Tree, I think they might have breakfast or something in Family Tree. Yeah. And same thing uh, with the that like upstairs living room space or whatever it was. Like I don't think they returned there either. But uh, I don't know. It seemed like they put a lot of work into like what would Duncan's like sense of design be? How hip is it? This and that. I don't know. I think it's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. You're right. It re <laughs> reminds me of like the Roundhouse set. <laughs> oh, now we're talking. If you remember that, I, I don't. Roundhouse, uh, Nick wow, at night. Okay. Or no, not Nick at night. I would say Nick at night. It's on Snick, maybe. Snick. Snick. Oh Snick. boy. Snet Saturday night Nick. <laughs> That's right. Saturday night Nick for it's teenagers. Saturday night Nick. I felt so cool if I like could guest. stay up to watch it. Mm, you were cool. I right, thank you. So <laughs> thank cool. You. Thank you. All right, so now we get a flashback. Uh, oh well, hold on, hold on. We we haven't even talked about what happens in the scene. So we get the rules. Tell us, tell us what happens. So Duncan, Connor like coaxes out of Duncan. He basically makes Duncan reveal to Tessa, who he hasn't told that there's this like immortal game where there can only be one immortal left. And the winner of the game gets the prize and can rule over the earth for all eternity. And if Slan wins, then humanity will be like forced into darkness for the rest of time, which... This, this plot completely disappears in the TV show. Right. Yeah, do they they do they ever talk about the prize again? Like, I feel like it comes up once or twice. I feel like it's times, mentioned, yeah. Yeah, like I don't even remember, but this this completely disappears. The game this gathering. Like a, this feels like it's supposed to be the thesis of the whole show. Yeah. It yeah. really there's never really a contemplation of this again. Like obviously Duncan wants to hunt evil people or fight evil people because they're evil. But it's never again recontextualized in the face. Like, oh, I don't want this person to rule the earth, so right. I'm gonna kill them. Right. It would have been interesting to see if if the producers had not gotten a like an order to do the Raven, basically, which is the second season is all an audition for. If they knew, like, hey, like after this, we're kind of done, or we could start over, like we're not doing a new series. Do you think they would have come back to this well? Uh, like, I, I that would have been interesting. Like. If they weren't planning on doing more, would they have been like, let's wrap up the gathering? And like the finale would have been quite different. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That would have been interesting. Yeah. And it would have been nice to see like some continuity with the, the first episode, but right. Well, like the game, the whole game just seems to completely disappear from the show. Like right. Do you and do you guys like that or not? Do you think it's good to not have that in the background? I don't know. 
it would be nice to come back to it every now and then. Yeah, I kind of like that it gives like a sense of urgency and pushes things along. But that's again, like a very kind of modern or contemporary storytelling thing that like, you know, the shows aren't going to last 12 years for the most part. Like we want to have some sort of like destination that the show's heading towards. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I feel like The Gathering would have been good for that uh, to keep the show propelling forward. But I get why they dropped it too. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it as well, but it's the name of the episode. It seems like it's supposed to be important. Right. And like, apparently it's on, right? right. Like that's what this is supposed to, to mean. So. Like, and once again, later, Duncan says like, this is the gathering. Like, <laughs> Right. And Kyle, like to your point, this also plays into what you were saying. Like, well, when does this take place? Like we knew the movie, it was the time of the gathering. Is this at the same time? Like, right. What's going to happen weird. to these characters? Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. But, you know, I think they made a true, they they clearly made a definitive choice to move away from it. Right. Which I think is defensible, but they made it so quickly. I don't know why they didn't already know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, if they'd made that decision in season two or three, like, okay, fair enough. But like, they seem to have made this, that decision in episode two. Right. Right. Maybe it's also just the, the impetus to like, let's get as much mythology from the movie into the show because people know what that is and they'll like, they'll dig that. Like, I know what The Gathering is. I saw the movie. I don't know. Oh, I, I, yeah, I'm picking up. Maybe. Down. <laughs> All right, so we get a flashback to the Pacific Northwest, 1872. Uh, no no title cards, of course, as before that uh, started up, which was very helpful when they started adding those. Uh, so oh, yeah. we get Who Wants to Live Forever Again? And this is the actual like lyric version. Um, I think this looks pretty solid. I think this is, uh, I don't think yeah. I, we, we dug it that much in the original. We're like, yeah, it's whatever, sepia tone, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I think it's okay for the pilot, uh, you know. A lot, of, a lot of corpses. A lot of corpses. So, Eamon, what's so, happening in this scene? Uh, so basically the whole tribe has been uh, executed, Duncan's tribe, uh, and he's cradling his dead wife. This is a performance that Adrian Paul would and will never deliver again. Yeah. <laughs> like these are clearly choices he would not have made in right, season right. two. Like this like blubbering version of this character, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel I feel like his version of this character evolves in the extreme. Totally. And like, very, very cringy. I, did, I didn't like it the first time around, <laughs> and I don't I, like it I, now. <laughs> I liked it less this time than, yeah. than last time. Uh, I will mention uh, this time, so they end up burning the body on like a funeral pyre, uh, and mm-hmm. it's very high up, and it's like on just like wooden slats, like just mm-hmm. a few, like five minutes go by, Skadoosh! Like this body is about to drop like eight feet <laughs> and just like explode into flames. Like this is not a uh, very dignified ending for uh, Little Deer here. It's it's gonna no, get ugly right after it cuts. I'm yep. sorry, Little Deer, you're out. <laughs> and Connor so- is a dirty pilgrim. I know we talked about this, but he just looks it's a weird r- costume ridiculous. choice. Yeah, he looks ridiculous. And makes yeah. me think, like, what is he doing? What is Con- like Connor looks like he's like a trapper or something, and it's like, huh? Mm-hmm. Why did he? Why did he become like this? <laughs> I don't know. Why indeed? Uh, so right. here, here's my thing. Okay, this is like the only flashback in this episode, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like I I know that this is the pilot, and I'm sure there are budgetary restrictions. 
but it's so limited in scope and so limited in what it shows and it's content like the trappings of it being a flashback aren't necessarily that relevant in the sense right. that like all this is meant to convey is that he loves someone who died right right and the death is not at all related to this concept that tess was introducing that you'll get older like this oh, is a that's woman, true this is a woman who was murdered which I mean, subsequently happens to test, but I digress. Like, <laughs> it's not really on point because this could happen to anyone. Like, right. not not a Native American massacre, but like someone you love could die at an inopportune time. Like, it really has nothing to do with immortality other than that it happened in the past. Right, right. So, like, I don't know if we picked like talked about this before, but in some ways, it's kind of a non like this flashback is sort of a non sequitur. Yeah, it is. Um. Which makes me wonder why they made these choices. Yeah. And it's not even like we got to see their relationship. All we saw was like a death. Right. So it's a, it doesn't even like really have much emotional punch because like, no offense to Little Deer, but we've never met. So I'm not, right. I'm not, I'm not invested in her death either. So it's Yeah, it's like, a lot better when she comes back in like line of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that very effective. This like... It kind of gets a sh it gets a shrug from me in a way that I don't think I appreciated the first time around. Yeah, um, I, I get the desire in some sense to do it, but like this is not like the Heather story. That's clearly what they're ta trying to tap into here. Right, right. And it's a miss on if that's what they're trying to do, they didn't do it. That's my two cents. Very good. Awesome. Uh, so we now cut back to the present and we're outside the antique shop. Uh, and I guess Mac pulls up and he gets the buzz. Uh, and I, I gotta say, Mac doesn't get a lot of foot traffic on his block at all. I don't know how he makes any money, nope. but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, by appointment only. By I appointment guess. only is that's the right. answer. Uh, so he goes inside and Tess is working on some metal bullshit. And but what? Uh oh, it's not Tess. Who is it? It's Slan. Mm -mm. Also working on some metal bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what some wags call me? You know, in my head, this was in the first introduction, not here. Yeah, yeah, right. But this is great. Do we? This yeah. is. I I love this. We can play thing. it if you like. Yeah, if we've got yeah. it, let's play it. Uh, I think so. Here we go. If you got it, flaunt it, baby, flaunt, <laughs> flaunt it. it. Here we go. Wearing a cardboard belt. <laughs> I was just thinking about that movie the other day, and how good Zero Mustel is in that. He's a genius. Yeah. The producer. You know what some wags call me? Slam the cat. Because I like to play with my victims first. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> you know what Man, some wags call me? Also, Mac's hair looks awful. <laughs> it yeah. looks so bad. Yeah, we haven't talked, we haven't brought it up again that like he's wearing the hair extensions. Like he does not have actual long hair yet. He's growing that in for the part. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. I don't know. It's a good yeah, look, though. He it basically works. has his season six hair, just with like a little clip on. Uh, yeah, ponytail. The old clippy dippy. Uh, so oh, I'll, I'll bring this up here. Like, it's so weird. Like, seeing Slam, like Slam the Cat is obviously uh, like a Kurgan ripoff. I shouldn't say yes. ripoff. I mean, maybe I should say ripoff. <laughs> ripoff. Oh, he's, he's a Kurgan esque character. He's got right, that yeah. energy. Um, yeah. but it's funny that they like they took inspiration for like his outfit, his like kind of attitude seems to be like it, it's like a very rock and roll character, right? He's uh, a rude dude. Yeah, and he's got this like face mask thing. Like, I don't know, they seem to be drawing a lot of Kurgan 
parallels, but the thing they don't draw is any sort of backstory. And I'm shocked mm -hmm. that like, since so much of this seems to be drawing from the original Highlander movie, like why isn't he in the flashback? Like, which would answer so many questions. Like, why is, why is he after Mac? Like later he'll say that like, oh no, we can't run away from him. He'll hunt us down. And I'm just like, why? Why is he going to hunt know? you down? Yeah. Like, I wish that was like part of this, that like he's always been looking for Mac for some reason, or I don't know. It's just weird that he's not in the, the flashback. See, I think that's one of the things that van one of the things that vanishes from the show is this whole like gathering concept and like to some extent this notion that people are like really playing the game. Mm. Like it starts to go away. Right. I think we're supposed to think in the context of this that like headhunting is something people do. Like right. Mac or Connor does it, Slan does it, and that that's supposed to be explanation enough. I guess so, you know. I, I think in the context of this episode, that's what we're supposed to think. I very much agree though that like not having him in the flashback is a wasted opportunity. Yeah. Like, even if it's not Duncan, maybe it's Connor and Slan. Like yeah, maybe right. that's maybe that's how Slan got on Connor's radar or something. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know. I, I agree that it feels like he belongs in the flashback. Also just this kind of like over the top villain kind of goes away. I mean Canis is is pretty similar to Slan. <laughs> right. I mean, largely, but that yeah. Canis is such an outlier. I mean, yeah. I think that's part of why we love it so much. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, who are some of the other season one um, villains that might be more in line with being this like over the top? Mm. I mean, are, are, even like Sheriff Bad Guy, do we think he's kind of ridiculous? I mean, he's a little ridiculous. Sort of. He's not ridiculous yeah. the way this yeah, I guess character not. is ridiculous. I mean, Caleb Cole, oh, I yeah. think is the big example. Maybe, who's the guy from the Sea Witch? That guy's a little bit like that. Yeah. Um, maybe the Ursa in Beast Below. Because that's so nuts. Uh, Ursa is insane. Ursa is like a, a, a Quasimodo <laughs> monster guy. Yep. I think those are the main candidates. Yeah. But only really, I think, Caleb Cole being like ridiculous in the same way that this guy's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so before Slan leaves, he goes ta-ta for now, uh, which is amazing. And do, 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 we, I don't think we talked about this before, but is that because that's what like Tigger says and Slan is a cat? Uh, and so you, is Tigger. You bring that up uh, in the original. And I that, do? That's, yeah, you I do. Did, I, I didn't even hear that. Well, oops, yeah. sorry. I was, yeah, I was chopping onions to, when I was listening that's to That's fine. It. You oh, don't well. even listen to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Well, no, now we know why these episodes are so long. This is blabber. Well, I can't even say that. Blathering on. All right, so I'm next... Sure. Our listeners no, uh, didn't listen to the first episode. Yeah, or maybe they did. Uh, one thing I will point out, I think Keith, this is where in our first episode you brought up this whole question of like the mask that he wears. Mm -hmm. That Slan wears a mask, and you were like, "Well, it doesn't make sense that it's like this actor, is right?" Like so concerned about protecting his face, and I've decided that that is a hundred percent incorrect. And oh, that, why? That's, that that's actually what makes it funny. Oh, you think it's just supposed to be a joke? Yeah, it, that it's like, oh, I got to protect my moneymaker. Right. And honestly, like the less attractive he is, the funnier, like the funnier that bit is. Wait, weird. What a strange. Yeah, I, I think that's like, you know, and I don't actually necessarily agree that he's like a, that homely a guy. He's got oh, no, no, face. not at all. Uh... But I think the, the uglier the person saying that is, the better a gag it is. Interesting. I cool. think that's supposed to be the, the shtick. There we go. 
All right, so we cut to the next morning in the antique studio, uh, and this is we're in the like the the office, uh, and this is when Mac and Tess have like a whole argument here. It's breakup time, and Tess is like, "Damn your whole race!" <laughs> oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> "Shit, Tess, what pull the it, fuck? She just, pull it." She just means the Scottish, right? <laughs> oh yes, she just means the Scots. So basically, like uh, Tess says, "I think I should go." or something like that and then Duncan is like yeah I think it's for the best and he misconstrues it as I'm leaving you Duncan and she right. just went we should go away and run away from Slan right and that's when she damns Duncan's entire race yikes which seems a little uh, fucked up yeah a little <laughs> bit a little extreme and she's like what was this just a fling to you a 12 year fling <laughs> whoops uh, so now we get a flashback and we're back to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, this kind of re resumes the previous like mm -hmm. set of scenes or whatever. Uh, so Mac is chopping logs uh, next next to this big like monolithic, you know. Chopping broccoli. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so I guess Connor's just like, look, man, everybody dies. It is what it is. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, and Mac is like, no, I'm going to take like a break for a while. Yeah. And so Mac has asked, I guess, the... A break? Hang on. He was just on a break, right? I has guess he been so. on a break for, right. for 12 years? And he's like, I don't know. I met one guy once. I need a break from this. <laughs> just a thought. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, good point. Uh, but yeah, I guess he's asked the elders if he can build a cabin on holy ground. And so this is how the show introduces the holy ground concept here. What elders? I thought they all got killed. <laughs> oh, good point. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know that it's ever established that like they're killed down to the last man or that some other version of their tribe doesn't exist somewhere. Right. That's true. True not that. Anyway. So anyway, then we get a, I, I like this transition. It's the same transition we see in the uh, original movie with the, like, the parking lot to mm -hmm. Scotland. Uh, just Ooh, like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it drops down. And uh, then we're back in the present and we get a, another montage back in the dirt warehouse. But this time, Princess of the Universe is playing. So it's more cool. Uh, and Richie. So, so he was out on this in. like island area and then comes back to fight. Like, why does he come back from that? Why isn't he just out there? then i don't know wait what so he's out there getting permission to like build this cabin or whatever like uh, why doesn't he just stay there why does he come back he does stay there oh that's but a, did you just the, say they, the, they come the back and have a montage the cabin's in the flashback that's a flashback oh that's yeah. the flashback yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry about that no no it's fine yeah he, he i guess built this cabin you know like 150 years ago. years ago right gotcha Pokemon. uh so yeah, so uh, this fight's cool in the warehouse. Uh, again, it's like, it's crazy. Like they don't speed up the fight with Connor and Duncan at all, do they? Not I, I never noticed it, but like it's not Duncan and- It's noticeable the way it is in the Richard Mall, fight. it's a wreck. It looks awful. It's so cheap looking, but yeah, their stuff looks great. And uh, Richie is like, somehow finds them or followed them. This is just such a weird scene. Like Richie just comes in and is watching him and is like, yeah. Yeah, do it, do it. I he's like, like loving I it like too. What I see, yeah. This feels like it's like a scene from Porky's or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. like the way he's like peeping like on them and right seems to be getting like a real thrill out of it. <laughs> yes, it's like that Jack Nicholson gif. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, so after this scene, uh, we cut back to Max's place, and they get home, uh, and Tess is there, and she's like, "Oh shit! By the way, Slan called, and he was like." 
I'm gonna Slan called. He called, right? <laughs> and was like, uh, yeah. I want to fight you on a bridge. And after that, I'm going to rape Tess. And it's like, holy shit. Also, Yikes. like, why did you leave Tess alone? Like, I don't understand that, like, I don't know. Doesn't make sense. He's been, like, camped out in front. Mm -hmm. Like, like Connor saw him just out front in his car. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? Let's just leave. Like, what? Anyway. Let's just go. leave her unprotected. <laughs> they, they locked the door. They locked the door, sure. Naturally. Uh, I like this next scene a lot, actually. This is uh, Max sharpening his sword, which is kind of cool. Like, we don't see that a lot in the show. Uh, and that's something, I guess, from the film as well. Uh, but, like, him kind of getting ready for battle, um, mm -hmm. which is cool. Uh, but this feels like maybe the most like natural dialogue in this episode with it's good yeah and he's like oh he was arguing but is this just a ploy to to is 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 connor starting this so he gets his chance to like punch mac out is that what i'm supposed to gather from this i mean if he didn't start anything and just punched mac in the face i think he'd have a pretty good you know shot at it yeah <laughs> yeah well like i th i I think at first he's just trying to convince him to go that he that Connor should go do it. And then right. failing that, he resort of course resorts to violence. Mm. So here, does. here's the thing uh that I wish took place in this pilot that like I don't understand why Connor wants to fight. Like, because they, they've never given us any sort of like personal motivation. Like we don't have any personal motivation for Duncan to fight uh Slan or Connor. And so I guess I'm left thinking, like, does Connor not think Mac can beat him? And, like, I really wish in this episode they just gave us, like, some sort of character flaw in Mac. Like, maybe Mac is too quick to anger or some something to be like, you know what? Like, Slan's going to get under your skin. I should be the one to fight him. And at least, like, then through the season, like, we can be like, hey, Mac can work on this thing that we learned about him in the first episode. And it gets better over time or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's still... Oh, God, Damon. Uh, I was just going to say, I think they do that a little bit just because Connor's like, you're always trying to get the easy way out. And, like, uh, I, I think we're supposed to believe that, like, Connor might not think Duncan's up to the task completely. Mm. But it isn't super spelled out. Yeah. But he's, he's like, you know, you're always taking the easy way out or, you know, you've right. been out of this for 12 years like. yeah i mean even those training montages would have been cool yeah. like it seems like they're pretty evenly matched in those montages and they're just kind of yeah. having fun with each other but like that would have been another opportunity to show that like connor is beating mac over and over again and it's like mac you you think you can do this why am i beating you every time like there we go we've got some like you know and reasons then, behind it yeah and the next episode mac becomes the ultimate killing machine <laughs> nobody can beat <laughs> naturally that's right uh, were you also, gonna say, they, Kyle, were you oh, gonna yeah. say something? What's that? Were you gonna say something? Oh, I was just gonna say that I think we're still just like all the motivation is limited to like these generalities that right. like it's just because like they arbitrarily chosen to hunt each other. And I feel like they let that do way too much work in this episode. And then that leaves us asking these questions. Yeah. You know? Maca compliments a woman by calling her a healthy girl which was something yeah. i was like oh cool huh yeah. i remember that crush you had she was a very healthy girl very nice <laughs> Yikes. No, no smallpox scars at all yeah <laughs> yikes oh uh, boy um all right so we now uh so connor punches mac out we then cut to the uh the bridge uh i guess that night and it kind of intercuts between the antique shop and the bridge here uh and so slam's looking so in the cool. mirror yeah, yeah. 
uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, there are so many seagull squawks here. It's yeah. like, it's cacophonous. It's so yeah. loud. It's like, and also it's nighttime. Like, what are the birds doing? They're asleep. Anyway, I don't know. Fun Very point. Uh, That's what I wanted to bring up this, you know, five years later, this go around. The also, seagull. what about later, the birds? <laughs> later, there's a dog barking on the bridge. And I'm like, <laughs> where is there a dog, like, on this bridge? I don't right. know. Great question. That's what uh, I focused on this time. Good. The dog uh, and the, 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 the glass repair man. Right. I love that the glass repair thing is something we all like had to talk about. So good. Yeah. Uh, this, it's that's like that's where we've actually gone. Yeah. Why does, that's why does, the real direction of this podcast? Why does the glass repair man do the white power symbol? Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Uh so and Richie tags along. Eamon, how does Richie tag along? Uh, he hops in the trunk of, or is it, or is, is it the trunk or is it even the back seat? It's, it's the a trunk. trunk. It's the trunk of, of, of Connor's car. Or is it Max's car? Mm-hmm. It's, I think it must be Connor's. I thought yeah. it was Connor's. Yeah. yeah. He hops in the back of Connor's car. And he's like, ah, oh, Sir Lancelot. Cause he calls them the Knights of the Round Table. Right. Uh, so back why, on the bridge no. why does he tag along why does he care about any of this is he just curious i guess so he's got to know what this weird club is right i must know so we now cut to the bridge uh and slan is very disappointed that it's connor and not mac and once again i'm like why why are you disappointed like do you just want heads as you've mentioned kyle like that they seem to fall back on like just hunting is part of the game right so does it really yeah. matter who it is like i don't know uh, but Richie's there watching and Slam puts on his mask uh, and they just like get go at it and fucking Connor just gets like thrown around like a rag doll, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. which is kind of funny. Uh, more <laughs> speeding up of the fight. The, the speeding up is like, it just holds up really poorly in the context of the, the show because the sword fights really do get so very good. Yeah. And yeah. like, I guess, it, you know, it is the pilot, but it becomes tricky to excuse. And I think also, I think they might move away. I think part of it might be the reason they move away from some of these giant two-handed weapons. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't actually see that a lot in this show. You see it sometimes, but I wonder if they just aren't happy with the speed that that forces you to move at. Yeah, totally. That would make sense. Uh, especially with, like, an untrained actor or something. Right. Just a thought. Um. <laughs> Uh, oh, we do get the cool shot that's used in the opening credits, which I love. The the shadows on the wall. Um, yeah, that's a great shot. So that's Slaney's face. He yeah. So the mask doesn't even work. That's yeah. that's like I'd like to add that. Like he wears this mask and it doesn't work for right? no reason. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Right? That's like good I don't know. Uh, okay. All right. It's um, so good. So anyway, so how does Connor go down? Kyle, tell us about it. Uh, so Slan's like kind of being backed into a corner and he puts his sword back like this and there's just a giant hole like the size of a quarter at the bottom of his sword and it shoots out a little knife that hits Connor who like flips over the bridge so he doesn't get got. It's, uh, I don't know, it's like, it's weird that in the very first episode someone basically has a gun. Yeah. <laughs> right yeah that is funny but i guess they wanted to give like once again this is like a kurgan connection that like mm -hmm. the kurgan sword had like kind of mechanical pieces and it like stuff popped out this does the yeah, same thing it's like that's got to be what it is right yeah 
I like to, uh, Kyle, I like on the first podcast we did, you mentioned why not just have, if you're allowed to do that, why not just have it shoot bullets? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's a fair point. Just have a bullet in there, just poop blam out. Like yeah. Dart or whatever. Uh, so uh, Duncan McLeod shows up. He's fucking pissed and ready to tango. He's like, oh, now you're going to fight me. And then, then we're like, no two on one. Like, isn't this like, I mean, he shows up right after, like, and this yes. still counts. Oh, we should also mention there is a quick scene here before Max shows up where like there's like a driving montage with like a lot of screeching wheels and he's going like yeah. five miles an hour. Uh, but like when he wakes up and Tess is there and says like where uh, Connor went, like Mac is like, oh, oh what, what happened? Uh, it's like, Mac, you've gotten like shot with a shotgun and like in two seconds, you're up chasing people down. And like yeah, you're sucker punched. punch from Connor. <laughs> right. And you're out. fucking out. You don't, you don't know that Connor left hook, baby. Yeah, that's true. All right, so uh, this fight is also kind of clunky and sped up, and uh, but Mac wins uh, at least, uh, and he wins because fucking Slan just runs at him like a yeah. madman. Yeah, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, that he gets the gets the shot. Uh, the, I like. What does, yeah, good. I was just gonna say I like the uh, the quickening where this shit actually spouts out of. Slane's neck hole. Which yeah, I like that too. A lot of that later. <laughs> well, that's Love like it. a big movie difference too. Like that, like in the movies, the quickening comes from the body, but in the show, like the quickening comes from like the sky, right? Like it yeah. does seem to be like a proper electrical storm. Uh, so, I don't know. How about that? How about that? So we cut now. Uh, this is later, I guess, early in the morning, and Mac oh, and Con one, one thing about this. Oh, though. sure, sure. Richie sees the quickening. He's oh, like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, you know, just pretend I didn't see me. And then Duncan just jumps off the bridge. Yep. And we get two two dummy falls in this episode. Oh, that dummy fall is absolutely yeah. amazing. I, I don't know if we have. Do I have the dummy fall? But it's, I'm like, why? I guess just to save Connor. But <laughs> it's just a very funny non sequitur. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hold on. Oh, this is only the Connor dummy fall. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, let's still watch okay. that. Still there good. he goes. The first <laughs> does the coat fall off it, too? It, it looks like it does. That's so good. That's such a treat. <laughs> that must be that. the most fun part of filming this episode is just throwing a dummy off a bridge. Yeah. Like, it's is that a job on the set? Like, best boy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gaffer has to do it. Yeah. Right. Dummy. Right, throw the dummy again. Uh, here we go. <laughs> One more time. All yeah. right, so Mac takes the knife out of Connor. Uh, they stumble around, and Richie is still there. I don't know how he found them. Like, how has he been following Mac and Connor down the river? But he's right. just peeping still. And uh, mm -hmm. so then they, they give the little the breadcrumb here, like, oh, you got to take care of the boy. And Mac's like, all right, bud. So there we it. go. And Mac goes to his island. So his plan is to like leave Tessa. Yeah, he's yes. just like, I'm not going back with you. See ya. Uh, and kind of like, oh, I will take her. I have a question. What do we think Mac's motivation for this is? Is he? Is it kind of selfish? Is he? Does he care more about Tess getting hurt, or does he care more about he doesn't want to lose somebody? Hmm. I don't know. Good question. I mean, they're kind of potato potato. I guess to some extent. I mean, I agree that they're they're subtly different. Um, but Mac but does seem a little eager to get get cut Tessa loose. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I've been wanting to get out of here yep. for yeah. a while. Yeah, the perfect excuse. 
That's right. <laughs> uh, so Connor goes back to the antique studio and tells Tessa like, hey, like I have a pretty good idea where Mac went, but I'd like to bring this point up uh, mm. because I mentioned that like, hey, they went out like training in the dirt warehouse when there was a uh, murderer and rapist maybe camped out front. What the fuck is Tess doing at home? Like if Mac and Connor left and <laughs> Slan was very explicit on the phone saying, I will murder your boyfriend and then I'm going to come back and rape you. And like, She's just like, like, who's going to walk through the door? Either it's going to be her boyfriend or uh, a rapist. A horrible murderer. Right? Like, it's like, don't don't hang out here. You got to go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. All Not right. What's the denouement? How, how's it end? Connor, well, Tess. They break up and Tess never appears in the show again. That's yeah. it. That's it. Show's Duncan, over. Duncan's a bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> No, they, they go to the island on a canoe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And Tess, is, Tess convinces him, don't come back. Yeah, like there's no real discussion. It's just kind of, this is very kind of classic romantic comedy mm. almost ending like, look, everything's better. We hug and now we're just together again. It's like all the problems that existed in this episode still exist. They just and, cut and the they conversation will. where right. they figure it out. Yeah. That's like the that's the classic in so many shows where like somebody gets caught in something awkward and then they just cut away and it's like yeah. wait how did that interaction end yeah what, what how what happened like did the other person did you just walk away and the other person just let you like and then anyway. there's like a really long footage of Connor like by himself going back to the canoe and like pushing it into the water and like <laughs> and he's still wearing his like outfit like this outfit doesn't make any sense like i think they view his outfit as like a costume and yeah. it's no like he lives in new york city he like wears jeans he wears a trench coat like one it was fashionable at the time but like to hide us like what does he dress like this for he looks ridiculous yep. he should be dressed for like canoeing not yeah. white tennis <laughs> shoes <laughs> but that's it that's the episode that's the end of the gathering wow what a journey. Wow. What a path we've taken here. That's right. When the time of the gathering. <laughs> Ooh. Well, I think we've got to talk about it. But before that, I guess we should play a game. Game time. Ba -ba -da -ba. Hey, all right. We are actually going to play a new game for this. Ooh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a new game. I wish I could claim that I invented it, but I did not. Uh, as this whole episode, as we all picked up on, we've gotten so much pickier and into diving into some minutiae. So here's a game all about minutiae. We're going to play a round of Um Actually, oh. which I think was originally created by the people in College Humor. I've got five statements here. I'm going to read them to you one uh -huh. at a time. Something about these statements is false. You will buzz in by saying your name, and when you think you know, you have to you have to start your answer by saying um actually, and you have to tell me what in the statement is incorrect. Ooh. All right, uh, this is fun. I like it. There's no hard and fast limits on the number of times you can buzz in, but if you get it wrong, the other person needs a needs to take a shot at it first. So, do you think do you understand the rules? We ready to play this thing? Yes, sir. All right, let's All dive right. in here. Question the first. Connor McLeod was born in 1518 in Glenfinn in Scotland near the shores of Loch Shiel. However, after his first death in battle against Clan Fraser, 
The rest of the clan turns on him, including his main squeeze, Kate, his cousin, Dougal, and his friend, Angus. Ah. Oh. oh, man. Oh, man. Keith. Go for it. Um, Actually, he was born in 15... Is it like 24? Damn it. Nope, he was indeed born in 1518. Ah! Eamon, do you have a guess on this one? Um, actually... Is his... Is, 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 is Angus's cousin? Yes, that is correct. Angus oh. is actually oh. his cousin. So yes, these questions are going to be picky and pedantic, wow. and that is the whole point. Don't we always good. say my cousin Dougal? <laughs> I believe they are both cousins. Oh, Ooh. oh, I see, I see. Uh, I see, I see. I all see. right. <laughs> Question the second. That is one point for Eamon. Good job, mm. Eamon. Question. I'm rushing it. <laughs> yeah, the second. Duncan McLeod has a long list of enemies that seem to follow him wherever he goes. Even in Paris, there always seems to be an evil immortal nearby causing him trouble, like Xavier St. Cloud, uh, Kalis, Kyler, Morgan Walker, and Octavio Cassone. I could read it one more time. Yeah, do it one more time. Duncan McLeod has a long list of enemies. Uh, that seem to follow him wherever he goes. Even when in Paris, there always seems to be an evil immortal nearby causing him trouble, like Xavier St. Cloud, Kalis, Kyler, Morgan Walker, or Ottavio Cassone. Amen. Go ahead. Um, actually, it's pronounced Kalis. Uh, well, that is true. That is uh, not the answer. Ah, why did you say it that way then? <laughs> yeah, I'm just an idiot. So <laughs> you get spiritual points, if not literal points, for that one. All right. You well, can guess again, though, if you want. Amen. I will not uh, limit your your guessing based on that. Cool. But Keith gets a steal, correct? No, he's, no, he's, he's saying, saying you can, you can, yeah. oh, can, can take another step because uh, that was a good joke. Mm, All right, Keith, I'm you can't jump in. Actually, Morgan Walker wasn't in Paris. Morgan Walker was actually in Paris. Uh, I was going to say, um, actually, his name's not Morgan Walker. Well, you've, Eamon, you've successfully identified that Morgan Walker is the problem with this answer. So, Eamon, you'll get a point unless Keith can come up with what the actual problem is. His last name's not, um, his name's not Walker? I don't remember his name, though. I'm out. Eamon wins. Uh, Eamon, you will get a point for identifying that Morgan Walker is the problem. Um, actually, Duncan McLeod never interacts with Morgan Walker. That, that is in the episode with Mythos and uh, Joe. So he never causes any problems for that's, Duncan McLeod. That's very specific. That was good. <laughs> that's, that's the point of the game, baby. <laughs> All right, Eamon, you have a lead. Keith, though, you can still make it up. Starting you, now. You can still do it. I'll try. All right. Duncan McLeod has fought in many wars as a soldier, including the Napoleonic Wars, the Jacobite Uprising, World War One, and World War II. Um, Keith? 
Um, actually, he didn't fight in the Jacobite uprising. Didn't he Ooh. fight the Jacobites? No. No. He was. He fought in the Battle of Culloden. As oh, you that's right. Call. Baby, so that is incorrect. Hmm. McLeod has fought in many wars as a soldier, including the Napoleonic Wars, the Jacobite Uprising, World War One, and World War Two. Oh. Uh, I'll give Eamon another second, but then you can jump in. Um, actually. <laughs> He was a medic in World War One. I. I believe he was still a soldier. Oh shit! Well, just that was serving as a just serving as a medic. That uh, was a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. That was gonna be my guess. So yeah, he is he is in uniform in that. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Um, actually, he was a spy during World War II. That is correct. Ah! He actually was not a soldier in that. He fought as a spy and worked with underground networks. He was not a uniformed soldier. That's a good one. I like this game. Amen. <laughs> you just you just clinched it. You're in it for pride now, Keith. But I think you can do it. We got right. two more. Two more, baby. In season one favorite Mountain Men, Caleb Cole, played by Mark with a C singer, teams up with his sons, Joshua and Eddie, to kidnap Tessa. In the end, Duncan wields an axe to take Caleb down in a watery battle. In season one favorite, you can interrupt me at any time. Yeah. In season one favorite Mountain Men, uh, Caleb Cole, played by Mark with a C singer, teams up with his sons Joshua and Eddie to kidnap Tessa. Keith? And, yeah. Um, actually, Eddie isn't his son. It's a friend of his son. Correct. Hey, oh, right. Yeah, he's, he, Joshua yeah. is his son, Eddie. Joshua. So, Keith, you're <laughs> on the board. Woo! Good one, Keith. Thanks, Eamon. The final question. Keith, you can make it you can make it spirited here. I believe in you. Duncan has many lovers over the years, but few are more controversial than Dr. Ann Lindsay. Despite a harsh fan reaction, she plays a key role in many fan favorite episodes, including Mortal Sins, Starcrossed, and Song of the Execution. Keith. Um, actually she's not in Starcrossed. That is correct. Oh, right. he's in Song of Song of the Executioner, but that is uh, her last scene for a while. Yeah. Look. <laughs> so Keith, you have uh, you made it close at the end. You you came into your own, but it's Eamon with a three-two victory. Congratulations, Eamon! Of um, actually, ciao, baby. That was a good game. Yeah, I like it. All right. Well, before we talk about this episode, uh, this is kind of fun to revisit because our show has, I don't know, there's so many things that we started uh, on this show uh, that we kind of dropped and we added new things like the Watcher Chronicles, the games didn't exist uh, on our first podcast, all that sort of stuff. Remember what you don't do. Oh, man. Don't think we're not getting to that later. Yeah. Good gravy. But um, one thing we uh, didn't do on the first episode was read Watcher Chronicles. So we thought it would be fun this go around to, uh, to do it. Uh, so I'm going to share a couple. Uh, so here we go. We got uh, Mortal, Tessa Noel. Wow. Uh, and so, and it's so weird. She's like a main character and she just gets like the bullet point treatment. She that gets like bullet points. 
right? So lover of immortal Duncan McLeod, 1980 to 93, talented artist and sculptor, educated at the Sorbonne. I don't know about talented. Uh, met McLeod in 1980 while working as a, uh, do you say vedette, vedette guy? Vedette? I don't know. Uh, I don't know that in Paris, co-owner with McLeod of McLeod and Noel Antiques. I don't has, uh. I've never noticed that uh, on the sign, but... Um, Curator for the Paris Bureau of Arts and Monuments and learned of immortality on the 1st of April, 1983. Classy wow. move, Duncan. Do it on <laughs> April Fools. Be like, you know what'll really fuck your brain up? I'm gonna stab <laughs> myself. On April 1st, that's insane. That's insane. April yep. 1st. <laughs> he tells her pretty quickly though. He tells her after only three years out of the 12. I mean, that's, that's pretty quick. I guess that's a long time though, right? I mean, compared to Connor with Brenda, <laughs> does her after three days. That's true. That is true. Yeah. All right. So the next one is going to be Richie Ryan. Uh, and there we go. Uh, we should also mention, uh, look at what's happening here. Is your screen all messed up like mine is? It's yeah. down, down below. We don't like that. How about no, this? Is that a Fire little better? Down below. We'll do it like there this. We, uh, we should also mention, you know, that we we lost Stan Kirsch this year, which was really sad. Uh, and yes. uh, yeah, it was it was kind of I don't want to say weird. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, maybe surreal or I don't know. It was uh, it was certainly a little bit emotional seeing like Stan in this first episode because like this is like the youngest you see him at is most like kind of innocent in the show. Uh, so yeah. that was a bummer, man. Mm. It was. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, um, Richie's Chronicle reads, street punk taken in by immortal Duncan McLeod after he robbed McLeod's antique store. I almost thought that said McDonald's. Um, orig <laughs> origins unknown, raised by a series of foster parents, including Emily Ryan. Um, Ver what is this? Vera, Vera, Al Vera Alcabar. Alcabar. Records on file at the West Side Orphanage. Relatively normal educational experience. What? What, does that mean? what the hell? Well, like, I like that Tessa got like three bullet points, and this one feels the need to tell us he played in team sports. Team sports? What Attended kind of prom. <laughs> what? Branded fast but lazy by teachers. Why do they know how fast he is? Like fast at doing what? I think he means like like quick witted. Oh, not just know, like, like running around that, the halls. That he's, that he's yeah. like smart, not that he's speedy. Uh, he was charged as a juvenile, but not convicted. What? Why are these details in here? It's crazy. Uh, brief career in used car sales. That's great. Uh, in, uh, intense interest in motorcycles and motorcycle racing. Um, witness Connor McLeod and Duncan McLeod fight with immortal Slim Quince. Quince. Witness Quince's quickening. Oh, that's a mouthful. And Quince's quickening. <laughs> um, the 26th of August, 1992. And uh, yeah, killed in a random mugging accident on the 23rd of October. Uh, and then, oh, then you have to go to the Immortal Records. It's so weird that they have them separate. What? Ooh. Yeah, you'd but, think this would be part of the same file. Right. But, or at least they consolidate them. But what do we yeah. know? Uh, so anyway, now we got a proper chronicle here. Let's talk about uh, Connor McLeod, Russell Nash, David Carruthers. Was that a name that was used in the movie? I can't remember if that was one of like, the, the signatures. I, I think <laughs> if, if it was anywhere, it was there. But yeah. I don't remember. David Carruthers. <laughs> Let's read it. It says the Elder McLeod is a oh man, uh, is and he doesn't get bullets. I guess no. Yeah, he gets a real chronic claim. That's right. That Lambert star power. You get a full paragraph. Um, mm. The Elder McLeod is very serious player of the Immortal game and a good one. He respects its rules and nuances. There's nuances. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but 
Um, and is always calculating, staying one step ahead of his opponents. Uh-huh. Uh, he seems to specialize in the really nasty ones. Unlike his younger kinsman, Connor keeps his thoughts and feelings very much to himself, although occasionally he will let out a smile or his trademark staccato laugh uh, slip out. There are a few things that, he, uh, that can penetrate his serious exterior. The Scottish sil- Highlands, the sea, and good women. Yikes. The sea? The sea. <laughs> yeah, Is wait, that a what? reference to... Highlander 2? Isn't there like a story? Like, remember when uh, they read that journal or whatever, and it's like, oh, it's like a captain's log on a boat? I, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. I the guess. Who's always getting <laughs> penetrated by the sea and good women. <laughs> uh, Connor venerates his first wife, Heather, uh, but that has not prevented him from finding love several times since. The legendary Ramirez, his first teacher, helped show him how to strike a balance. Ooh, balance. Remember that? Ooh. Between serious game player and lover of life? <laughs> what? Uh, although Connor McLeod hasn't won the game yet, ooh, you can bet he'll be a force to reckon with when the gathering finally comes. The gathering's already here. That's episode? the purpose of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, final one. I don't one. understand this at all. Final one. I love it. All right. Who? Yep, Duncan. Duncan. Right. Duncan. Duncan McLeod has always been one of the good guys. He was raised with love by foster parents who trained him to one day lead his Highland people and instilled in him a strict moral code that made him proud to be Duncan McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Despite all the changes in his life over the past 400 years, that Highland Code of Honor has stayed with him and has gotten him into more than a few jams over the years that wouldn't have bothered a less ethical man. Um, His blind spot where his friends and lovers are concerned is legendary and will probably get him killed someday. He's not a perfect man and he makes mistakes. Part of his nature, for good or bad, is that he makes uh, or is that every mistake stays with him until he's paid for it time and time again. And there are some which uh, stay with Duncan forever but they're part of what makes Dunk McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Huh. Interesting. That one's like kind of interesting. I think that like, he's what? like his code of morals is so strict that it like fucks him up over time. Uh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's good. That's that one's okay. Stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, those are the watcher chronicles that we never read the first time. So Ooh. Ooh. Now we know now we know. Now we know. Now right, let's talk about this episode. Know. How do we feel about like here, here we are coming full circle? How do we feel about the the pilot? Do we have different opinions on what we thought the first time? I was I... pretty pretty. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I like cringed a lot <laughs> during <laughs> this, like more so than I think I even did the first time I watched it. Interesting. Like, five, wow. Five years ago. I found myself cringing less, which is weird. Yeah, I had the opposite response. I honestly found myself, having now gone through this whole exercise, feeling a bit more nostalgic and a bit more warmly about the whole thing. Yeah, totally. Uh, Like, despite the fact that we've probably gotten more cynical and picky as this goes on, I found myself cutting this more slack than I did the first time. And just kind of, like, reveling in the silliness of it. Sure. Uh, I had a weird, like, emotional response. Like, it's... I gave it a lot less slack or, you know, flack this time, but like, it's just so weird. Like there's so much promise after this episode. Like we even talked about on the podcast, like, Hey guys, like we, we warned people, like maybe if you're just getting into Highlander and like the first season, you're not like digging it. Like if you really want to skip it into the second, cause it gets a lot better. Like this show really gets great. And so I don't know, seeing this is kind of the, like the, the blueprint for what was the, the show was going to eventually become and how it changed after that. And like seeing how, like, I don't know, AP crushes this role, right? Like he is so good at like, the, 
Right. Obviously not in this episode, but like he really grows into this character. Like I can never yeah. imagine Duncan McLeod played by anyone else other than AP. Like that's quite right. This is his role, right? And he kicks ass in it. And like, I don't know, the show grows so much. And it's just so weird because after this episode, it's only gonna get better. But where we are watching it currently, it's just only gonna get worse. Like season six was kind oh, of a slog yeah. to get through. And yeah. like, and after season six, like I, I don't have I'm not necessarily looking forward to the other stuff either. Like Endgame is dicey. The source is a mess. Like, you know, uh, so I don't know. It's kind of weird that we're like on a downward uh, trajectory with the show or the property uh, where yeah. we are currently. Uh, but here, do, I don't know. Do you think that that bracing for impact is what causes it? Like when we did this the first time, we're like thinking about the callous cycle and yeah. the introduction of like beloved characters like Joe and Mythos. And we're like excited Xavier, for yeah. that. And now we're sitting there like, yeesh. Right. Like, not a lot to look forward to from where we are at this perspective. Yeah, it was just so refreshing to like, I don't know, see like real human interaction with like characters that are gonna have a history, like just him, him and Tess talking on the couch. Like at least there was emotional content to that. Uh, even in the very first episode, like I think it holds up really well. Uh, and we don't get scenes like that in season six, even though there's still one-off episodes. Like we're being introduced to all these people for the first time, but most of the scenes don't have like the emotional punch uh, some of these scenes do, so. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Just like I was, I was taken right away by his like awkward delivery of like the opening. Oh <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my god. He really grows into this role. Yeah, he does. And that opening credits get so much better too. Yeah. Like, I kind of was getting, even though, like, the sword fights are kind of clunky, like, the last five minutes was when I was really starting to, like, get back into the episode, just kind of the bridge and, like, the epicness and all right. that stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. It was and, it's, and it's got, like, it doesn't have the moral stuff, but it has two key components. Like, it's got the emotional content in, like, the I'll get older kind of stuff. And it does have the over-the-top shit that we have to acknowledge that we love. Do you know what some wags core me? Right. Like, just the insane performances that, like, we kind of do relish later in the season. So, you know, I'm feeling good about this one. Are we going to rate it? This is before the ratings. This is and before think, the ratings. We I did, think we go, did back. go back and rate it, but... Oh, I'm curious shit. if our ratings change. I know mine will. Oh, interesting. Here, maybe I, should I try to bring up the ratings for this? If yeah. you want. If I want. Or or we can talk about it next time. I don't know. When we well, do our, well, our ratings. Why well, don't you go third and okay, I'll do that. bring it up. And, I'll do my uh, best. We'll, we'll start We'll start off. Eamon, how many wags would you give this episode? <laughs> how many wags? I would give this episode three and a half wags. It, it is a good start. Um... I, I feel like just like our first episode, it's like it's finding its footing, just like we were finding our footing. So it's a good start, you know. Um, but you know, I, I think they haven't figured everything out yet. Um, and, and there's just like there's some growing pains, like like we said with the first season in general. Um, it's just a little, it's a little searching. It's like a plant, like finding its way out of the <laughs> soil. <laughs> Right. So I, I would say 3.5. All right. All right. All right. 3.5. Kyle, uh, how many cute little slant of ki uh, kitty cats would you give this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm giving it 
I'm giving it four little slam the kitty cats. I Aww. I found myself really enjoying this in retrospect in a way I didn't expect. Uh, and, you know, I expect my rating has changed significantly, but that's okay. And I feel like I've come full circle on enjoying the over the top performances in a way. The first time I was like, haha, that's fine. But like, and having now things like uh, Leader of the Pack, Boom, Vroom, Vroom in the, the rear view mirror, I feel like I appreciate this so much more. The, the, the emotional content's there. I get like a weird thrill out of seeing, or as much as we rag on Christopher Lambert from time to time, like I did get a legit thrill out of seeing these two characters together for the first time. Yeah. And like this is, I don't know, this is good stuff, I think. And uh, deserves credit for like all the kernels it planted early. Ooh, the Colonel. Oh, yeah. another episode. Another oh, over-the-top right. villain. The Spiders, Ooh, man. The, the Spider-Man. <laughs> the Spider-Man. I'm a, a Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Keith, how many dirt warehouses would you give this episode? Uh, I have so much dirt, I'm going to need four warehouses. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right, so now that we've given uh, our uh, answers. Amy, what was yours again? I'm sorry. 3.5. That's right. Isn't this interesting? So... Uh, when we went back and like prorated this, I gave this a three. Oh, yeah, Kyle and Eamon, you both gave it fours. The, the, that's oh, really? yeah, how about so that? Eamon's went down that's and mine crazy. was unchanged. I was yeah. convinced I would have given it like a three or something, yeah, but no, I think this deserves the higher rating, yeah. Eamon, it was, it was really happening to you. <laughs> yeah. It was fun to see Lambert, like, he's a real bright spot in this, and I don't think oh, yeah. I it's been so long on the show, obviously without him, it's been the first, first episode. And then like a weird mention in season five, I guess of him, right. With the cave mm -hmm. dude. Right. And yeah. uh, he's like in the woods, <laughs> uh, but like having him back in like this mythology in this world, I was like, man, this is awesome. Like it's too bad. They couldn't get him back for the finale or uh, I don't know, just right. in some other, uh, some other aspect of the show. Uh, his energy is like, it's fun to see them like act together too, yes. uh, which is good. They did have good chemistry. Yeah. Which I think, you can't fake so yeah he's a great guy <laughs> uh yeah. and i i guess i would be remiss if i didn't ask we have the unique opportunity to just ask slam the cat real quick what was it like for him to revisit the episode uh because we, we we strike up a friendship with slam uh, oh. in more recent years yeah i i wonder let me see uh i wonder i have to go i'll be right back oh, okay cool Oh, yeah. Bye, Eamon. That's he where he had the leaves. leaves. He just yeah, leaves. In the middle well, of an episode. What an asshole. Yeah, that's All too right. bad. Well, okay. Oh. Oh, wow. Slam. Here? Hello, it's me. Wow. Cat. We haven't What's heard from up, you guys? in a while. Last time we heard from you, you were like vacationing in Philadelphia over Labor Day. That was like years ago, maybe now. Yeah, it's, we, it's been, been a long time while. since we stopped talking to this cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I've been I've been protesting various statue removals in, in Philadelphia. I oh, really? Slam. <laughs> wow. Weird I love look. Christopher Columbus. <laughs> That's an interesting take. Huh? What did That's you not where I would have Highlander. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Well, it's good to know that you've kept busy. Yeah, and you're yeah. still in our hometown, so that's cool. I can't afford a ticket. Oh, to where? you're literally trapped here my home uh, the travel restrictions oh where would you go if you could travel i'd go to reno oh it makes sense to me that you're from reno <laughs> Slam. Yeah. uh well what was I it know. like watching this episode again 
it really took me back, you know. I'd love it. I loved working with Connor and I loved working with Duncan. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. You use their real you use their character names and not their <laughs> actor names, which is interesting. I'm a method actor. I'm like Robert De Niro. Oh, are you still in character or have you I'm moved still on? in character to this day. <laughs> I I cut my own face. Oh, you that's your own face. Yikes. Do you hope in the reboot you'll they'll they'll bring back Slam? I hope so. I'd love to do a cameo. It would it be a cameo. I think so. <laughs> I want to do a cameo. I want to be like the Stan Lee of the Highlander universe. Ah, what a treat! Meow. <laughs> Excelsior. Excelsior. Uh, True believers. Well, this has surely been a a, a treat, Slan. Um, what a treat. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure you have to go down to Marconi Park and be a crumb bum or something, but That's yeah, we'll nice. let you go. It's a it's a nice day out. I'm sure you're enjoying the weather. Oh, it's beautiful out. It gets a little sweaty under my mask though. <laughs> okay. Fair. I, I can't lick I can't lick my own face. Oh well, you must be doing great with the mask though. I mean the, this this is everybody's wearing you've a mask been, now, right? You've been training for this for 15 years. Social distancing. <laughs> That's right. It's important, right? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I got a KN95 under my face mask. Okay, that's good. It's a mask on mask system. All right, interesting. Mask on mask. Did you well, guys see Son of the Mask? That's my favorite movie. That comes up a lot on this show, which is so weird. Depressingly but... often. I love Jamie Kennedy. Right, right. And his, and his whole experience. I love the whole experience. He's a funny guy. Sure, I guess so. Uh, but we'll let you go, Slan, uh, and bring you know the the co-host proper back into the show, Eamon. Uh, our, our friend Eamon. You, do you remember him? I guess him? you've never met. No, I, I guess like, not. Yeah. Well, he usually hosts the, the show, too. Him. He sounds like an unkempt loser. That's not very nice, but... I don't but like a little prescient. Mm. I love you two, though. You guys are great. I love oh. that. Thanks, wow. Slan. Right, we, we have a complex set of opinions about you, but that's okay. What, whatever do you mean? I don't know. You've got that whole porn comic thing going on from oh, way that's back right. when. This yeah, whole, you've got like this, a really dicey history. Yeah, this Columbus statue thing. I don't know. It's just part of our heritage. <laughs> By hard, you mean of cats? Yeah, cats love Christopher Columbus. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I want to ask you a lot more, but I think we need to wrap up the show. Uh, I think so. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll, I'll see. I'll talk to you guys again soon. All right. Well, hopefully Eamon's uh, connection issues get worked out and he can join us for the end of the show. Uh, yeah. But but while, uh, you know, Eamon's uh, fixing his computer, uh, we just want to remind everybody that we'd like you to be part of our final episode, not our final episode of, of the podcast. Oh, hey, Eamon, you're back. Of our hey. coverage of hey. season six. That's right. Uh, so we want to hear from you uh, when we wrap up our coverage of Highlander the series. Uh, so what we want you to do is write us, uh, or not write us, how about I just read it? Uh, so we're going to do a special montage. It'll be like an audio sort of pastiche, right? Or collage. Uh, so to mm. be included in the special collage montage, record a voice memo on your phone or computer and email it to highlanderrewatch at gmail.com with the subject voice memo. And so make sure in your voice memo, the following information is included. Uh, say your first name and last initial. Your age is optional. Uh, if you want to give us your age, I don't know, we're, we're younger than some Highlander, Highlander fans. Like Highlander fans span the generations, right? It's been on for how many years? Over 30 years, right? They're immortal. 
That's right. Uh, and tell us where you're from, because Highlander fans span the globe. And uh, why is Highlander the series important to you? Let us know your favorite episode and why. Just be brief. Uh, and what makes Duncan McLeod so special? And we'll take uh, the best answers, and we'll, we're going to chop them all up and make a cool montage, hopefully. And uh, it should be really cool. Uh, so, And these are due by midnight on New Year's Day. So Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So an easy date to remember. Just get them in by New Year's, send them to HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com. And if you need a refresher on the rules, just check out our Facebook page and there is a post uh, explaining what you need to do. Uh, so cool. Uh, well, thanks everybody again for uh, you know following along, revisiting the very first episode of the show. Uh, this has been certainly a big journey for all of us. It's taken five years to do. A lot of episodes and all sorts of work and it's a been nuts. A whole lot. It has been a whole lot, uh, and it'll be really exciting to wrap up uh, Highlander the series next week. Wow. Oh, man. Love crazy. It. It's crazy that we're here. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. Join us next week when we're going to be talking about Season 6, Episode 13, Not To Be. We're, we've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Amy. Bye. Bye. Bye.